In this world full of ignorant bliss, our truth often gets dismissed. We all hide behind our screens, pretending to know what life truly means. But if you're here, I sense you're searching for something. Something beneath the surface, something deep within. It's time for your weekly dose of the pill that does the most. Wait, before we start. Okay. Yeah. Um, how much self-referencing are we doing here? Or oh, it's up to us to decide. <laughs> My guy, this is going on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> on the fly. Okay. Now you know. All right. Hi, guys. Welcome to... No, 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 no. Pause. Uh, I'm doing it today. Why are you using it? Every time. Hi, guys. Uh, <laughs> Screw your ass for continue. I'm going to leave this one inside. You know me. You could know me that I'm going to leave all of this part. No, inside. leave it. Uh, leave Let everybody see that, that I'm fighting battles to. It's because you never you, you never start. You'll be telling because if it's not this one, you tell me I say you you say something around along the lines of why is it always me or um you know why are you not driving today or something like that. So okay, please. Hi nah, guys. I'm everybody. joking. I'm joking. I, I appreciate you you taking the lead all the time. So yeah, continue now. Ah uh, no, please. <laughs> you better continue. Uh all right, hello folks. How we doing? Um what do you normally say? I'm not gonna use your words, I'm gonna use my words. Great to be back. I know we've taken a bit of time off. Um, I know the time off has been, perhaps I'll say mixed feelings, but definitely glad to be back. Glad to be under this light again um, at this time of the night, as usual. Um, I'm going to cut to the chase. Today's episode is about long-distance relationships, and I want everybody listening to grab a pen and paper. <laughs> Let me give you two minutes. <laughs> two minutes to do that. I'm about to okay. teach you a lesson. <laughs> Not a lesson, out. but I guess wrong. I I guess this is one topic that for I mean for one reason <laughs> we both have there's, there's strong experience in the house. <laughs> Hallelujah! Strong, rigorous experience, if I must even add that. Uh, reason number two is that I spent I spent I'll say at least four hours reading about this um, mm. academically anyway. So I'd like to share some things I've learned. And I see it being a, perhaps a more common experience given that we live in this um, geographically connected world, dispersed, geographically dispersed yet connected world. Mm. Um, and of course, with a lot of immigration, with a lot of migration rather, and you have more couples find themselves in similar scenarios of long distance. So the one thing I did not do, despite me reading a lot of statistics and reading a lot of academic work on this, was I did not look at statistics of Africans. Long distance relationships, the growth of it over time. Okay. If, if you don't mind checking for that for me quickly, Toby, I appreciate it. Just googling it quickly. What do you um, like? But just, so just to see, maybe it's grown over time. It's more, it's more, it's more acceptable. I don't know whatever the word is, but just to see, perhaps it's some kind of trend up until last year or this year. I say that because my suspicion is that it's a kind of relationship structure that has grown in how we perceive it to be acceptable, but perceive it to be perhaps not futile. Um, but of course, I think if you can think about the fact that we, with planes and trains are faster, with faster internet speed, high-speed internet connections, with good mobile phones, great cameras that can do all sorts, I think now is probably the best time in history to have a long-distance relationship. <laughs> and um, despite all of these 
our miraculous slash progressive development we've had as a society, I still think like it's still, no matter what we can put in between you and the other person in terms of technology being, being the mediating factor, mm-hmm. I think that the geographic separation is still a big obstacle regardless. But we can mediate with all these tools, but that, that, that is still a big, big obstacle. So obviously, I've, I've had, uh, cut that out, please. I've had experience in, uh, in this long distance um, quite extensively. Mm-hmm. And you have as well. Perhaps the degree you define yourself. Um, but I think there's a framework for it. I think there is a framework for long distance relationships that would guarantee its success. Guarantee? Would gar- well, would guarantee success any more than a, a relationship that is in geographical, geographical close proximity will. Mm. So by that, I, I just mean if, you're, if your chances of success with somebody who lives in your, in your area is 80%, mm. I can guarantee that the framework would also get you 80%. Yeah. If it's going to fail, then it's not, it's not about the framework. And I say that with confidence because like when I read about this and I tell you my experience, it made me ask so many questions that obviously in hindsight, if I knew then, my entire relationship would have looked different. Not different for the better per se, but maybe even realizing perhaps earlier because for some, you, you face that sunk cost fallacy of you've been in something for, for a minute and because obviously you've been in it for a longer time, it's harder to give up, yeah. right? Whereas for some, you're in it for a long, 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 long time, but maybe, or maybe six months into it, it was already clear that this is the person they're going to succeed with, mm. right? So... I guess the first thing I'm going to put as my framework out there, and I'm going to use you as my guinea pig today, and you'll be the voice of the nation, voice of the people. As always. You know? What do you mean as always? Come on, what does that mean? No, like, that's the, that's the, um, those are the forms that we present ourselves with on the podcast. You come with the science right, touche. frameworks. Touche, yeah, yeah. touche, touche. No, it's, not, it's touche. our thing. It's like our brand. I'm like, I don't know why here. It's, it's no, <laughs> no shade there. Like, it's just, All right, so it's what it is. Going, going with the, Going with the pen and paper approach, um, I'm going to do this in several ways. Not very structured because it was hard to read all these papers together and bring together a framework. So the framework in, in essence is not something that I can draw out for anybody, but it's just you answering questions by yourself and, no, and noting down the answers to guide you if you're in this situation. I've got a couple of friends in this, in this situation, so I think if you're listening, call me if you're lost. You <laughs> say call me. <laughs> call me if you're lost. If you're not lost, let's carry on. So I guess for you, first question. Yes, boss. Are some folks better at long distance than others? Are some folks better at long distance than others? Yeah. I would say, yeah. And it kind of like sometimes heavily depends on like personalities, um, background experiences, love languages, some of these other things feature um, quite a bit in in this. So I'll say yes, yes. Some folks are better. Okay, and and your why is that what you just said? Yes, yes. Um, and some, sometimes it's with practice, right? Just like you are probably better at it than other people because you've had experiences with it. Okay, so to be better than others, what, what would you say are like top three things, reasons, things, factors, whatever, 
that makes people better long distance relationships. Yeah. So now is it what makes them better before they get into or while they're in it? What makes them while better? they're in it? While they're in it. I think number one, and my baby just refers to myself here is intentionality, right? Um, just being intentional about everything that you're doing. Um, number two, I would say, um, a mix of patience and what's that word when you show understanding to, or you're able to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Empathy. Empathy. Yes. Yes. So intentionality, empathy, and I guess creativity will enter that intentionality point. And I might say a third one now that is not really the core third one, but because I'm, I'm speaking on the spot here, but maybe another one that'll come to mind that makes people good at long distance relationship is, oh, self-awareness self-awareness which can also count as intentionality interesting yeah okay so when i asked myself this question before i did my research um i had answers similar to yours right mm. and the answers i gave like yours came about because there are words that we t- tend to use normally yeah to say it with relationships generally mm. and we we think of these words or this concept based on often what we can do yeah or what we do our actions mm. But one, the, but there's three key words that I think would form the theme of my framework today. That has nothing to do with what you said and nothing to do with what I said at the start. Mm. And that is stress, uncertainty, and intimacy. Mm. And these are three words that will revolve around this conversation over the next 50 minutes, hopefully. And but I want, if, if anybody's listening again and you're pen and paper, write this down. Stress, <laughs> uncertainty, intimacy. Now, I've covered this in several ways, but not all in one linear fashion. So I might go over it in different forms. Yeah. Now, let's start with perhaps intimacy, right? Mm. Um, typically, we know intimacy as different things, right? I'm not going to define it yet, but I just want to give a broad overview. Well, intimacy is definitely important in a relationship, right? Yeah. Intimacy, as we've all said on this podcast, is not only about sex, about several things. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, you might ask and say, okay, well, do we know what specific <clears throat> communicative activities or mental activities that one can use to improve your relationship quality and to keep, sus- and to keep um, intimacy and to reduce stress? That was one thing I was thinking about when I saw those, those words emerging across literature. Yeah. And one thing I realized and found was that how we maintain relationships in long distance LDRs. So I'm just going to say LDRs for now. Mm. It's way different from how we maintain, maintain relationship in GCRs, which is what I'll call geographically, geographically close relationships. Actually, know what I would call, what the literature terms, mm. people who are around the same area, <laughs> right? And when I saw that, I was like, okay, the key word there was maintenance behaviors. Which is what you said as, as, you're, as you've been intentional. Yeah. Right. But what surprised me to find out was that these behaviors, intentionality, looks different in your LDR and your GCR. Yeah. Well, that's surprising for you. Or okay, let me let you land. But kind well, of surprising in, perhaps in the actual things I found. So to, to, to unpack that, the first thing we had to understand was, okay, well, what are the effects of distance, first of all, mm. in LDR? Because at the start, I said, that, as I said, despite our connectivity that is immense, that's great, despite travel being 
better than ever. Yeah. Despite social media, everything brings us together, it's still hard because of the distance, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the distance is still the big, big, big devil in the yeah. room. Right. So clearly, as we find ourselves at more distance with your partners, we have what obviously is called less face-to-face communication. Right. Mm-hmm. And then which is why we'll tend to increase um rather, which is why we'll try we'll tend to compensate for this by increasing your what you call mediated interaction. So FaceTime on check every <laughs> texting game increases. You send photos, right? Before I go on, what what do you do in terms of young ways to media interactions? I mean, for me, mine in my experience at that time, it was obviously obviously FaceTime every day and things like that. But sending of pictures was quite important. Yeah. Um, to kind of just feel like, oh, you're there, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, you have to also disclose a lot of things more just yeah. because all you can do is talk, <laughs> mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. Right? So what, what are your own ways of compensating for the distance during your own interactions that are mediated by tools and technology? So I don't think I'll say anything different in terms of like like mediating the distance in that sense. So obviously, communicating using the tools available, um, like keeping. I guess the, the as you were talking, what I realized is that some of the activities that help in the initial stages, because now long distance relationship can also some of them can start um, with as GCRs and end up as LDRs, mm. and some can start off as LDRs and end up in some way, shape, and form as GCR. And sometimes the ratio of LDR to GCR, it, it can vary. So anyways, context yeah. from which I'm speaking. Yeah, context from which I'm speaking is starting off from LDRs, right? So starting off from the LDRs. So I think it's, it's like texting, obviously, um, but not just like texting, texting, because in the beginning phases, you're trying to get to know each other. So obviously like asking questions and just, you know, being in touch that way helps. Um, pictures, maybe videos, and for me, I I call it um candid, candid moments as much as possible, right? So, for example, the photos that you send, the videos that you send, shouldn't necessarily be like, oh, I've posed and yeah, planned Post. like exactly. So, could just be something random. Um, and for me, the other thing I like to do is to create um, what's the word I used to use for it? Just like running gags is what I call it. So if you for those who might not know, so a running gag on like a TV show or a cartoon is something that always happens, um, but it might happen in different ways, shapes, and forms, but it's the same, it's from the same source. So think of Tom and Jerry. A running gag is that whenever Tom runs off a building, he, until he looks down, is when he starts to fall. Like, or the running gag is that Tom never catches Jerry or Jerry always wins. So that's like a running right. gag or something that always happens. So for me, in long distance relationships, it's always good to have like a running gag in that context because it's something that you you both can connect with, even with the distance, right? Because something that you both understand. Um, what is your running gag? Oh, there are plenty. There, Example. there are plenty. Oh, so some some of it is um. So at some point, this person I was talking to, like when she's leaving work each day, um, she kind of like takes a gif of her running down the stairs. Like I'm running home now, that sort of thing. So it happened once on one day, then it happened the next day, and then not every day, but occasionally that's something that pops up. Or um, what I used to do in return, maybe um, 
I don't know, so I'll play the guitar on a voice note and just send it. It's like randomly, right? So without requests. So things like that. So just, again, That is things, extremely you. <laughs> things to kind of like sprinkle into into the space. So yeah, so running gags, um, texting, um, candid videos, photos, and just, um, and then, like you said earlier, like keeping the person involved in sort of like what's going on. Um, I, I think one one problem that we might get to at some point is the pressures of conversation. Um, how do you turn that pressure of, oh, we haven't talked today, let's talk into just how it would almost be if the person was in the same space with you. Um, so that's a part that I'm probably still figuring out a bit. Um, but I think communication, if you don't have good communication skills, um, LDRs are, are a mess because it would trigger all the other three factors you mentioned earlier. But I'll pause there. Now, thanks for sharing that. And I want to return when I said, when I, when I said to grab a pen and paper, <laughs> wasn't it wasn't only for for my own words, also for your words as well. Yeah. Um, because you made very, very good points, some of which also new to me, so it was good to hear that. Yeah. And of course we know that the biggest source of this stress is being at distance. And the distance promotes the some kind of threats, your attachment to your partner. Mm. It makes you more uncertain and it gives you just distress. But 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 if you come back to I mentioned the three keywords, stress uncertainty and intimacy and I'll keep using those words across time. Hmm. Um, but in the end, distance is perhaps what is, again, I'm just repeating this over and over again, just so that it sticks. You know, it restricts how we interact with our partners, how we can hmm. engage. And in doing that, it then does something to our third word because it then limits how we can create intimacy, but hmm. also limits options for creating intimacy and sustaining it hmm. as well. And then this doesn't mean that partners, couples, like myself, like yourself, um, have to then evaluate every day, every week, every month. <laughs> what does it mean to be intimate? You know, mm -hmm. how, can we, how can we be intimate? Because the physical space that makes, that gives options for intimacy is no more there. Mm. We have to keep evaluating this. Yeah. And the first point to make here in our framework, part of our long framework, is you have to understand what intimacy is in a mm. relationship if you're doing long mm. distance. Mm. If, you, if you don't understand what it means you can't, you can't reevaluate it mm. because your partner will also be different from your previous partner and that yeah. means that how they, how they interpret intimacy or feel about it might be different from others mm. but if you don't know it you can't you can evaluate it for yourself and negotiate with them mm. so that then made me think okay well let me understand what intimacy is from the world from dictionary from the academic literature etc and I found one definition that I'll read out that I thought was quite cool yeah. And it just it pretty much says intimacy is typically conceived as being developed and sustained through partners, plural, mm -hmm. partners' verbal and nonverbal interactions, mm. particularly in forms of self disclosures and nonverbal immediacy behaviors. Mm. Now, because these behaviors in question would typically be done face to face, are typically done face to face. It's, it's, it's normal that you expect that frequent physical interactions is often, is often thought of as essential to developing a successful relationship. Yeah. And success here means it's satisfying and it's stable. Mm. Not necessarily right? ends in... So not necessarily like ends in the, the marriage. No, no, success means by success, we mean satisfying and stable. Mm. Right? Because that's what... Because we, cause we can't measure towards the end. Relationships are boundless, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Anyway, before I move on to intimacy, 
and talk about that a little bit. Um, no, actually, no, I'll, I'll come back to you in a second. Let me just finish this. Yeah. This flow, this flow of thoughts. And then moving on from that, it's then it's then logical to think that if a partner's amount of creative interaction is limited, they probably will experience no satisfaction and intimacy, right? So again, intimacy is also threatened mm. by long distance. You would think this is probably what the mainstream idea was at some point, but the knee jerk reaction was at some point. Yeah, but it turns out that. The effect of distance on intimacy is actually mixed in terms of what papers have found. Um, there isn't a consensus that says distance limits intimacy or weakens intimacy. Mm. There isn't one that says distance fully sustains and develops intimacy. Mm. There's different findings that find that have, that have concluded on both sides of the spectrum. Mm. And then that then brings perhaps gives us hope. <laughs> um, because then we can argue for long distance um, against those who are anti-long distance. Yeah. Um, because of these findings, right? Yeah. And you know, even though some studies will definitely case, as I said, that distance will cause breakups. Yeah. Some have said that nah, it's actually unrelated to breakup potential. That some some couples even experience some LGR couples even experience equal quality levels of. Of intimacy and of of satis- stability and yeah. and satisfaction compared to higher than those of their GCR partners. Yeah, and then naturally, we're asking the question: Okay, why? Right. Mm. The answer is the question is why. So as I'll pause there and say, okay, everyone listening and you, Toby, listening as well, can you guess why would some LDLs be better in terms of success, in terms of stability and satisfaction? than some GCRs. Again, GCR means geographically close partners. Just yeah. normal couples. Yeah. So, honestly, like, I would say it's because GCR couples, so pe- regular couples that are in the same location, I think it's very easy to over-index on the geographical... Bingo. <laughs> yeah. Index. So, <laughs> yeah so just a reindex on the geographical proximity like so you think that obviously once you are in the same location maybe like halfway problems are gone but the thing that that the other ingredients that make a relationship successful that physical proximity is sort of like one of the features and it's not even the it's not even the like the physical thing in itself or like we've said the intimacy Okay, the intimacy is important, but physical intimacy is only a section of intimacy. And if you then realize that it's possible to be physically intimate and still lack some kind of intimacy with someone and not really feel that connection, then you now see that, okay, maybe it's not the be-all and end-all to be in the same space. Now, we're not saying, obviously, this then means, you know, long-distance relationships are always successful. Because I think regardless of if you are close or far apart, the other factors... um, if you weight them properly, they can affect and have a positive effect on a relationship. And to say that in plain terms, I just mean if you are doing the things that make a relationship, you know, successful. And this caveat here is that technology has made a lot of this possible because imagine, because I, I think that's the caveat that should probably be included in some of this research because long distance relationships in times where you write a letter and you take like one month for it to get to the person, it's hard to recreate some of the other pieces of intimacy that, you know, being in the same proximity would allow. But because obviously we can text now, we've sort of like come digitally closer and it's allow us 
aside from the physical element, check all the other intimacy boxes to an extent. So that's why I think um, you, it's, hard, it's hard to argue for each, um, like one side stronger than the other. And personally for me, I think I, I almost tend to prefer to start things off. Um, my, actually, my perfect relationship like sequence is sort of like initial physical um, proximity, like maybe the first day mm-hmm. or first week, and then it built up and prolonged a bit distance to build intimacy without the physical bits, like actually get to know, because what distance forces you to do is to get to know the person a lot deeper in it and a lot more intentional, but then with sprinkled periods of spending time together as well. So almost like that off and on sort of push and pull kind of thing. So that's my, and then long-term be in the same location. So that's my perfect scenario. I feel like I would struggle with, physically meeting physically getting to know and all of that like i was i will struggle but for me I, I i find it's a bit more comfortable for me to do the long distance thing which is quite interesting at least like i said a mixture i'm not saying pure long distance the but theory like, why that's the case yeah and i, and I have another theory down below <laughs> and, and, and i hope we, i hope we get there i hope we get there because that point is very interesting yeah but I'll, I'll sprinkle the idea now and that is that you employ a strategy where you you do it. so the strategy for maintaining long distance by planning, hmm. and I read about that part and it involves three main parts: denial, balance, and segmentation. Hmm. I'll, I'll hopefully get to everything there, but but your on what you just spoke about, I think, leans towards the last part: segmentation, hmm. in the sense that for some people, it works very well because they can segment their lives, both hmm. parties can segment their lives. In sense of okay, time time without you, we do the long distance, but then I, I work hard on my own stuff, mm. and then when we then get together, we can put all my energy into each other. Yeah, that's what. Then we go oh, yeah. again, again, and do that. Mm. Mm. So, so what you said reminded me of that part of, of what I read, but we'll get there, um, later. Honestly, I think for this episode, guys, I did a lot of reading, so <laughs> I, I really hope it comes across that that. <laughs> I really hope it comes across the amount of effort written I did, yeah. Because it looks like I'm gonna study this this as a new thesis. So I read about <laughs> twelve papers. Anyway, the key thing that you mentioned there was, I mean, that, that links to my next point mm-hmm. was when you said that when you're at a distance, for, forces you to do more. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this is what the literature refers to as maintenance behaviors. Hmm. and these are what maintenance behaviors because they recognize that long distance is some kind of effort that requires more, more sustaining hmm. and more maintenance but the maintenance requires some kind of actions but not any kind of actions but certain kinds of actions which are these word behaviors but then besides the maintenance behaviors and the other thing that also matters is also the amount of these behaviors hmm. and then this is why they then say that they, they function as relationship input and relationship rewards Hmm. i think long distance prompts people to have more of these inputs consciously because you know you kind of have to Hmm. than what you might get for your gcrs yeah again that again that depends on the person-to-person relationship okay so we've spoken a lot about maintenance behaviors about intimacy 
about stress and uncertainty. Uncertainty is probably where we would end things at. But still on the stress and intimacy part. Next thing then becomes, okay, how do we construct closeness at a distance? Mm. How do we build intimacy at a distance? Yeah. Right? And in doing that, again, my point earlier was, and also what you said as well, was we have to recognize what intimacy is, really is. Mm. Right? Now, going to a different body of, body of work to understand what intimacy is, I've, I've found two different types of intimacy forms. Mm. And this is probably in literature around, um, I think it was more personal, personal in, internal psychology slash social relationship literature. I can't remember um, what part of what the work it was. But anyway, they define literacy, intimacy, not literacy, intimacy in two forms, latent and manifest. Mm. Essentially, ignoring the fancy words of academia, it's pretty much internal and external intimacy. Mm. Right. So latent being internal, manifests as the verb suggests being external. Mm. Now latent intimacy suggests, reflects a sense of warmth and connection that resides inside you or each mm. of the partners. Mm. Right. So this is a very intra-personal feeling. Yeah. By contrast, manifest intimacy, external intimacy, results from what you act mm. on. So your enactment of specific mediacy behaviors. Mm. Did you have a question? When you raise your hand? No, 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 no. I was saying, Okay. Yeah. Now here's the here's the kick. The experience of the latent internal intimacy, unlike manifest, does not rely on your own partner being with you. Yeah. In the same space. Does not rely on you engaging in interaction with your partner. It sits with you because it's an interpersonal process, yeah. right? And it's like, it's a, it's a, they also describe it as a relationship-focused cognition mm. in the sense that it's a part of your, your cognitive mind, brain, whatever, that is that's like a house. Well, okay, this house in my head is, is, my, is my relationship department. Mm. And how I feel about it is down up to me. It's nothing to do, nothing to do with what my partner says or feels. Now, this probably links to when your, your point about, your point at the start, when you, when you, when you say it depends on attachment styles, yeah. things like that. Yeah. Right? Now, this is now you as the individual doing your own homework on your own brain. Mm. Now, if you can't have good latent intimacy, it means that LDRs are going to be immediately difficult because it means that your stress and, and, and your uncertainty um, handling becomes a lot more difficult. Yeah. Right. Which is why they found that the latent intimacy is the most critical for long-term stability and quality relationships mm. in LDRs. Mm. And it makes sense because you spend time alone. So the, your health of your mind, to what your health of your relationship mind is probably what will get you through that distance. Yeah. That distance. So I guess this is key point number three or two or four, whatever number we are on is, mm. if you're listening, an LDL is unlikely to work if your sense of warmth or connection with yourself that resides inside you is failing, is, mm. is, is, is in need of repairs, in need of healing, is in need of 
several things. I guess this is why they bring trust, trust, trust. But it's beyond trust. Mm. It's also a trust in yourself. It's also a an interpersonal process you go through with yeah. your own self. It's almost like what. The, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so I was gonna say it's almost like the self awareness, or like self awareness is probably not the right word, but that's sort of like what it's I part was of it. going for. It's part definitely of it. part of it. Yeah, it's what I was going for in the sense that I think, you know, um, it's almost like loving yourself and being. It's not a self thing, for example, but it's maybe this is the attachment style bit where if you're secured enough in your attachment style or secured enough in your approach to relationships, um, in that season of separation. You're not, there's a space for your other partner to give you some kinds of reassurances, but you're also able to, on your own or in the context mm. of what you know about the relationship, assure yourself of what's going on. And mm. this is mm. not to say there won't be days of like doubts or questions or just feeling like I wish this person was here, but it's, it's what comes after. Just like the example you always give in a different context of, you know, when, when something happens and, and you, you have initial, a thought. Yeah, you have a thought. Um, it's the next thought that is actually way more important than the initial thought that you had. And I think it's the same thing here, right? It's like, okay, you wake up in the morning and you wish you could hug your partner and you can't. What's the next thought after that? Is it a, oh my God, like this, this totally sucks. This is terrible. I don't think I can do this any longer. You're calling the person, the person doesn't pick up their phone and you're like, oh my God, like even now when I want to do the small thing of at least hearing your voice, there's just, yeah, you get, so it's like just the self-defeating thoughts that doesn't really help the relationship or anything. Um, and maybe I can make it personal in terms of like what I've done in those, in those seasons. I think having something to, to look forward to that you're working towards or counting down towards is, is, is one thing I've found in this season has been helpful. And by that, I mean, um, I've noticed that whenever we both, and uh, this is, I guess me listen to the cut out of the bag, but technically me and Willie are talking about this and I don't, I'm talking, I'm currently in a long distance relationship in case nobody kind of like figured that. <laughs> Just in, in, case, case you, in case you haven't deduced. In case you deduced that that's what's going on. Welcome, and, by the way. Welcome. Yes. Yes. I, I, I want not to you, to the person who just deduced it. Oh, okay. Okay. Welcome to, <laughs> welcome to um, five yeah. minutes ago. But, but I think what typically helps and I think when we've both had something that we're looking forward to, like, oh, you know, we're going to, we plan to see each other on this particular day or in this particular season, that usually helps. And what even makes it more concrete is when there's physical evidence. So sometimes when I, and this has happened maybe two or three times, when we're talking about, okay, this is when we're going to see each other or this is when we're going to be in the same space. Usually in that moment, whenever I start to feel like, maybe a bit down or whatnot, that's the moment I probably go and book the ticket, right? So that I have something concrete that I'm working towards. Not an idea that, oh, yes, we plan to see each other in December or whatnot, and then plans can change. or whatnot. Now, plans can still change after you book the tickets, but for me, that commitment to this is the date, you know, kind of like changes things a lot for me dramatically. And so that's something that I think helps, and I maybe I'm... Def- going across the point here but what we're talking about yeah Yeah, we're talking about the self-awareness yes yeah yeah, exactly so um so pretty much i think yeah that the the things that you do on your own to sort of like help you weather the storm is actually a bit more important at giving the other person the power to be the one that draws you out of those moods now what they do is i won't call it the icing on the cake it's part of the ingredients but you're the one that is that has the main mix and if you're missing the main mix what i've realized is because i've been in a situation where I felt like the person required me to do certain things 
to reassure them that, you know, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'll jump on calls or we'll get on calls and I'll just be hearing things that I know it's, it's, it's terrible that we're not in the same location. I know it would be great if we could have, like, you know, be holding each other or talking to each other right now. But, you know, it then stops there at just that this, is, this sucks and there's no but this or yeah. that. It's like, yeah. it's just, yeah. and yeah. so each call is a, is a rehashing of the current situation that can't change. And funny enough, even when that situation does change, because that person has leaned so much on, you know, if we're in the same space, X, Y, and Z will happen. When you now eventually get into the same space, because you, ha- you don't have that self-regulating whatever on your own, you still, like, it now becomes a thing of, oh, but I thought, I thought I would feel a certain way when we're together. And then now that we're together, you're still feeling yeah, that, yeah. that gap. And then you blame it on the fact that, well, it feels like this long-distance relationship has, lo- has run its course in that sort of way, right? So I think I just played, I'm sure somebody's probably like nodding their head like, oh my God, that's what happened to me. But I feel like <laughs> this goes back to the point of um, some features that help both GCRs and LDRs. Like they're still core in both. But a lot of people think that once you're in LDR, then... It's just that physical presence that help. But once you're in GCR, then everything will be okay. But the problem is that there's just something still missing, even if it was a GCR, right? But the GCR kind of like covers it and overshadows it a lot. And sometimes if you reflect and think about it, what do you actually do when you're with your other person? I'm sure when you're you're reflecting about it, you're like, oh, I just love spending time with the person, even if we're not doing anything. But if you think about your feelings in those moments, you realize that sometimes you're like, what are we even doing? Like, Sure, we're watching TV and all of that. All I'm just going to your place to do is to press my phone when I'm there. And yeah, you'll be like, oh, where were you last night? Oh, I spent time with my boyfriend. And everybody will interpret that as, oh shit, intimacy, not physically, but intimacy happened. But you then feel a small disconnect that, well, not really. And then you start to question the GCR and then maybe project the problem into something else. But anyways, that's yeah, the It, it almost there. feels like, and this is a, this is a wild comparison. Apologies yeah. if it's too wild. <laughs> it almost feels like remote work and working from, working from the office. <laughs> Screaming. <laughs> Um, no, no, hear me out because uh, yeah, just to butcher that point is you need skills for your job, and the skills are definitely needed while you're working remotely, while you're working in the office, mm. and for your and for your LDR for you to grow, you still need the skills for a relationship. Mm. All right. The only difference is there is no geographic proximity to mm. have other things embedded or enacted. Yeah, we're seeing the skills, and that way, when you go when you go from 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 the from the house to the office, you definitely get a different environment to demonstrate your skills more, richer, or demonstrate more skills because you're not in person. So, but the absence of of um, proximity does not mean skills. Some relationship skills need to die off, mm-hmm. and to and back your point where you said, "Oh well, if we're in person." this would be okay because it would work out. But then some skills need to be shown in your LDRs for mm. just some normal relationship skills. I mean, mm. I don't know if I'm in an LDR because I live an hour and a half away yeah. from my girl. So it's hard for me to say I'm in an LDR. So, uh, so, I'm, so I'm, I'm not really using Present, my relationship yeah. as, as the framework for this. It's more of my past. Mm. Um, because a lot of things I'm reading about does not really... Apply yeah, here. I, you can you can say you can you can say we could talk on the phone regularly every day and then that's mediate stuff. But I see how like more than I mean I see a frequency whereby LDRs would would pay for that. 
<laughs> yeah. Also right. for extended periods as well, right? Like Ex- yeah. Ex- yeah. exactly, exactly. You almost you almost have the you almost have the small benefit of segmentation in the sense that a little bit. Y- yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, although ugh, we do definitely wish they were in the same place because it's not easy to be traveling and stuff because of money. But mm. um and time and yeah. energy. Um but at least it's not I've been in the extreme. Mm-hmm. Let's just have been the extreme, and this is not the extreme, far from the extreme. But going back to maintenance behavior, so spoken to so defining intimacy, spoken about how somebody that's on, that's on that threat from distance, spoken about how we humans, we we in LDRs, we LDR members or non-members, mm-hmm. potential members, need to think about latent intimacy. And if, if this is something that actually interests you, maybe Google it a bit more. Um, and explore a bit more what it means because I can't deep dive into latent, latent, latent intimacy because that's not this episode's topic. Um, but you can do, do a deep dive if you like that or if you're keen on that concept. Back to maintenance behaviors, how can we make it work? What can we do to make LDRs work? To keep it going throughout the absence of varying durations. Now, as academics would always do, coin terms that are grandiose. Mm. And one term that, um, that was coined by a man called Sigmund, um, they refer to behaviors called RCCUs, not G, not the church, <laughs> RCCUs, which is Relational Continuity Constructional Units. Now, ignore all of that you just heard. <laughs> I'll break it down in human brain terms. So it's basically just three types of behaviors that LDR partners enact and do. And, but these behaviors occur at different phases around separations, mm. right? So what happens before separation, what happens during separation, what happens after separation. And, and, by what, and by the one, we mean maintenance behavior. So things we do make our LDLs work successful, right? Now, for the first one before separation, that's called the prospective behavior, mm-hmm. prospective unit. Now, this is things that we do before we separate. This is like making plans, as you said. Mm making plans for the reunion, describing what your time will be like, mm. right? So very, very prospective, looking at the future kind of actions. Mm-hmm. Very important. Second one, the doing separation, introspective, is this ranges from displaying your partner's picture on your desk, for example, to wearing um, one of their jewelry that they gave you or a gift, to maybe texting them. Mm. Right, so this is why you're separated, but you're still displaying, maintaining, displaying some kind of behavior that is introspective. Yeah. That doesn't involve them, but it's just for you. Yeah. And retrospective, which is after you've separated, is when you have mostly things like 
verbal or non-verbal greet- greetings or things like debriefing conversations. Mm. So when you talk about what's happened after you've um after you're separated, right? Yeah. So this so this so this part is very, very conversational. Mm. Right? Now, before I go on, does any of this um because I'm about to go into the part where I share which of these which of these units are what we should focus on or not. Before I go on, does any of this ring a bell for you in your own context based on the um, perspective, introspective and retrospective behavior? Yeah. So before, th- during and, and after. Yeah, I think I covered the, the before part, which is like plans and making just things concrete as well. Yeah. Um, during separation, you know, some things found, sound familiar. Like I think... Um, <laughs> Very early on, I, I I changed my wallpaper, but obviously it wasn't in nice. the, it wasn't in a, like I I think I did it more for because I think some 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 activities seem very, I won't say cringe is the word, but it seem very <laughs> oh, you're in love kind of thing and all of that. But for me, I did it more for consciousness, right? Like the display on the desk sort of thing, just as as a reminder that sort of thing. Not that I would forget, but. You know, because at at some point you kind of like get embedded, like it, it becomes regular, whatever, and it you know it's not a big deal. But it's in the first seasons or the first two three weeks that I had it in there because I'm too I don't change my wallpaper that much. The fact that something else was there and it was something you know new and it was mm. somebody else, you know, was quite helpful with just you know recharging or recharging whatever feelings were there. And then after separation, I am a like my. This is what we do on the podcast here. All this reflection we do on the podcast is not just because of the podcast. It's because primarily, like, that's who we are. So, um, <laughs> we call you Mafia Chok So, but pretty much, we have, we have this category of questions that we go through that is pretty much reflection questions, right? Um, and I am the source. Well, no, I'm not the source of the questions, but I think it's helpful that we both generate those questions and we do ask yeah. like, thoughtful questions in terms of you know how are you feeling what's going on and not just general like how i use like i think we get irritated by saying how i use quite much so you almost have to embellish and i know you're asking very specific questions and reflective questions but the how are you is it, it cannot be your main question it has to be the pleasantry like don't ask uh, ask like yeah, Ibadan boy. i don't know what i'm saying here but anyways how are you questions? that's a very very good point you're raising and i yeah. think again this is why I said if everybody bring up pen and paper, I meant it. Because you just <laughs> dropped a gem right there. Yeah. Um, the pleasantries can mean nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. have to be asking real questions, specific questions, or or or, or you're just on the banter roll. Yeah. Particularly if you're texting, you have to be specific. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And oftentimes that comes with voluntary disclosure. That, that seems regular from normal day. Yeah, yeah. Activities. And, and you know, I think some sometimes the thing about so what some people don't like about I guess LDR sometimes is the perceived lack of spontaneity, right? Where you feel like everything has to be planned in that way. But I feel like again, that's a very rudimentary understanding of what spontaneity is and can be. Um, and just like we're talking about intimacy and how there's different parts to it. I think with everything in life, like labels can only do so much and you always have to unpack things a bit further to what they mean to you. And what I mean by that is I think, look at what spontaneity means, like in the essence of his word, of the word. 
and then look at different activities in your context that can mimic some mm. of those things. And for me, the thing that I'm thinking about, or the example I'm thinking about now is like, we can be talking about something entirely different or we're just on the phone doing whatever, whatever. And I think of a question that isn't necessarily associated to what's happening at the moment. Spontaneity in a long distance relationship is asking it right there and then, as opposed to like, you know, keeping it and waiting for the moments to feel right. Because technically, if the person was in the same room with you, some questions will pop out. Or maybe you wouldn't even ask them, but something just happened in person. So for me, whenever I'm thinking about certain things, I try to remove any barrier in terms of what I communicate, like just, you know, all of a sudden as well. One thing that can help with that, which again, technology helps, is honestly like, I thought it was where we used to do it, but like, you know, you call the person, I just continue doing what you're doing, but the person is kind of like there. It sounds weird, but... It's a thing. It's, it's a it's, thing. It's, it's a pseudo-presence. Yeah, exactly. Because you're consciously aware that someone is either watching or at least is in your <laughs> digital sphere in that sort of way. And it's, it's different. It's different from texting because texting um, sometimes means that you have to, you know, generate and facilitate a conversation. Sorry. Yeah, generate and facilitate a conversation. But what I think some of these things and tools help you do is really just removes the pressure from the situation. Um, and it might be weird at first, guys, but you know, it, it works eventually. So I'll pause well, there. It's, but it's, it's not weird because I assume that at the point of which you're in a relationship with that person, there's already comfort to level where that, that, that doesn't become weird. And even... To be fair, most most women already do this even with their friends. Yeah, true. That that particular activity, yeah, um, very very common with women. Um, <laughs> and even true. even even guys too. To be fair, so mm. in friendship you find that a lot. So I guess relationships that that that, that, would, that would not be too far away. Yeah, yeah. But going back to your point, I mix my point together. When I describe those periods, yeah, um, perspective, introspective, and retrospective. One thing that I did not mention there was combining those periods with, um, how do I describe it? How we interact. Hmm. And we started by saying intimacy involves the intrapersonal. Mm-hmm. Then obviously also involves how you interact with your partner. Yeah. Which is your partner's, which is what we call dyadic, but just let's say interaction with your partner. <laughs> <clears throat> and his last one, which is the interaction with family, friends, and peers. Mm. So those interactions, coupled with the periods, lead into what what I would call a matrix of activities. <laughs> because you can have you can have intrapersonal activities in the perspective, in the in the introspective, and in the retrospective. Absolutely. You can have intrapersonal activities, just myself. So you can have dadic, which is yeah. which is you and your partner interpersonal mm-hmm. in those periods too. And you can yeah. have obviously interaction with your friends in those periods too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's working at a framework, a matrix of matrix. these three in t- together. Mm. Now, I want to tell you all what which of these interactions of these concepts. So by concept, I mean introspective, retrospective, and perspective combined with the intra interpersonal and- intra. And interpersonal inter. and network. Mm. Which ones predict satisfaction and intimacy the most? And I'll give you examples. So the first finding 
was that prospective and introspective intrapersonal Jesus activities. Lord. Oh my God. You lost good like, I'm in front no, of you. I would, lost so so yeah. the thing is like, I would always give you the everyday layman yeah, but Meaning. see, I was following the but, other. I was following the other. I know that. Okay. Yeah. I, I was following the other everyday ones, <laughs> but, but this one, one, this one just okay, like okay, 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 it was like okay. Inception. It was like so inception. you know on our okay, so so it's two tables. So on our left table of periods, which is time, yeah, right. We have um, perspective, which is future focused. Hmm. Introspective, which is during. Retrospective, which is past. Yeah, and this is looking at periods during separation. Mm. Right? This is periods. Now on the right side, we are talking about interactions. Yeah. Interactions with the self, just me in my own head, intrapersonal. Interaction with my babe. Interpersonal. Mm. Interaction with my my friends, my okay. family. That's network. Right. Last one. Okay. Now left and right are coming together. All I'm right. mixing. Okay. And I want to figure out which of these combinations mm. are the best. Predictors okay. of satisfaction and intimacy in LDRs. All right. Now, when we combine the prospective period of, of separation, mm. that's future focus, mm-hmm. and the introspective, which is during. Okay. And the intrapersonal, which is just me. So you on the see, right side. Uh-huh. So you see, why why it confused me when you said it was is that you picked two from the same column. And then combine and, and the this third, with, with third, from yeah, the head. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Because uh-huh. yeah. I, I thought... Okay, so let me give examples uh, yeah. of, of what they look like. Yeah. For the perspective and intrapersonal, right? We're talking about how I think and what I do before separation. So mm-hmm. for example, I would think about how my upcoming separation from my, from my babe is only temporary. Mm. Right? I think, oh, I'm going to see her in the future. Mm. I think about all the ways I can ensure that he or she knows that they'll be missed. Mm. Right. I think about all the things that I can do or I will do during the period of separation. Yeah. As well. So these are things that I can do. This is all perspective, but this is just me thinking about it. Yeah. Intra. Intra. Now, these activities are very good for your LDRs because they mm. help you maintain intimacy. And satisfaction. Yeah. And also and also introspective, intrapersonal, right? Is then past focus. So I look at the things that my partner gave me in the past. Mm. Right? I look at all our lovely photos. Mm. My partner. I read old letters, text messages, I scroll, I I I, I go up the WhatsApp text. <laughs> look out look at all the heart emojis. Boy. And I think about the good times we had and shared in the past. Yeah. This also helps predict good satisfaction and intimacy. Yeah. And then and uh, you might ask, why? Any guesses why? No, like all what you said are positive things. So I don't positive think the question is right. Yeah. Okay, now second main finding, right, is that mm-hmm. the introspective and the interpersonal Okay. Right? Yeah. So both of you looking inward or looking back. Yep. No, no during, no, looking, d- during, during separation. During, okay. Yep. Also good predict, it's also a good predictor of satisfaction. Hmm. Not intimacy, just satisfaction. Okay. 
Whereas retrospective, interpersonal, it's sad. It's a good picture of, of intimacy. Okay, okay. So now, so, now, so, now, so now let's find examples. So for the for the um introspective interpersonal. Mm-hmm. So during separation, the interpersonal. So during separation, person. but together. Mm-hmm. That is me and your partner talking during separations. Yeah. So for example, tell your partner over the phone details of how your day went. Mm. Talk you talk to your partner, him or her. About the fun times that you all shared. Mm. You and partner talk about the plans you have for your next visit with each other. And you talk about obviously a lot about how much you care about them, etc. Mm. Now these help with satisfaction a lot. Mm. Now for intimacy, we're thinking about the retrospective interpersonal. Okay. So after right. a year together. So exactly. This is when we are re- re- reunited. Oh, okay. For example, we spend time with ourselves when no one is around. Mm. All right, we're trying to get back into the swing of things. Mm-hmm. Key one as well is talking about things that happened while you were apart. Yeah. Because this is something that probably is easily missed because you think that we're together now. Let's just forget about the things that can, yeah. But it's good to also bring that up as well so that you can talk about similar things but From, you're making it richer. Yeah. So, so talking about familiar things rather, but making it richer. Mm. So maybe you had a conversation with, with her about something two months ago that was very long. Positive or negative, you can have it again. But it's like this time you're, you're, you're together. Yeah. And it becomes a different rich conversation. Yeah. Right? Also story, story sharing mm-hmm. about things I've experienced lately. These ones improve intimacy. Yeah. Now, there's also a flip end. So not everything is good. Mm. Right? And here's, here's an example. Now, network-based mental activities. So when this is involved, you interacting with your family, friends, and peers. Yeah. Right. They were either non, non-significantly related to intimacy or satisfaction. Yeah. Or in the case of retrospective network interaction, it was negative, which means it made them worse. Mm. So this means that we can do things, according to literature, in this cycle of looking, about, looking at the past, but with other people, mm. that, that is not your babe, this can make your LDRs worse. Yeah. So example time, as always. So talking to other people about the effects of recent separations mm. and how that will have a future, how, how that will have an effect on your future, on future of, your, of your relationship. Mm. This often leads to problems. Mm-hmm. Telling others about the entire period of your separation from beginning mm-hmm. to end. <laughs> talking to others about the feelings you experience during the, during the separation period. And talking to others about how you handled it. These retrospective network conversations yeah. tend to predict negatively your LDR satisfaction and intimacy. I'm, I'm fine with the last one. Do you want to comment? Um, no, not really. I, I think I can, I can see how that... Like, it's not wild to me that that's, that's the case. Yeah. Right? Um, because... 
technically what you're talking about is not necessarily the positive thing it's a negative thing and so you know and it's not like negative because you think it's bad it's just like you're, you're talking about the things that are not pleasant right now not because the other person has done something but just because of the situation of things but i guess the case could be that you're, you're doing that with someone who is in the same space as you and then you leave you almost like i feel like you, i can imagine you leaving that conversation feeling sad about the relationship but a bit more positive about the interaction that you've just had and then that starts to stack up against each other over time um and then because when you then go back to the relationship if you now end up referencing that conversation oh yeah speaking about are things that are necessarily within your power in that moment yep. which almost yep. goes back to that thing i was saying at the start where you know if all the relationship then comes just becomes about oh these are all the things i missed that we can't do because you're here from a perspective of from a perspective of like a missed opportunity in that sort of way i don't know just disempowering in that kind of way and those are disempowering conversations yep and you also leave yourself open to receiving negative comments that you don't need to hear yeah um because elders are very very interpersonal with the partner mm. you tell you probably will get opinion and advice that might be flawed mm. or you won't get the empathy that you think you get misled empathy mm. um but also it could be that it's a symptom if somebody engages in too much network retrospective activities in short someone telling everybody about their earlier problems but their partner yeah it could reflect that you're not good at communicating mm. with the person that matters to the most yeah and this leads to the fourth finding that's very key and in number our, our three our, our three main words of this conversation for this framework is stress uncertainty and intimacy. intimacy and going back to stress the main predator of stress amongst all these activities is the intrapersonal intrapersonal activities that predict stress the most mm. what do you do with yourself what do you do yourself but guess what when you engage when you engage with um, future-focused maintenance and, and introspective interpersonal maintenance, stress is decreased. Yeah. Whereas, whereas when it's retrospective, intrapersonal maintenance, mm. stress is increased. So what do I mean, for example? So for example, for the, in, for the retrospective, yeah. intrapersonal, Right, it's when, for example, you're thinking about perhaps, perhaps to be maybe overthinking. In fact, mm -hmm. you're thinking about the history of relationship with your partner. Yeah. Right. You're thinking about the important memories you have with your partner. But then, if you notice, all these thoughts I'm, I'm giving as examples it's don't not, lead into yeah. don't lead into communication. Mm. Yeah, it's just with yourself. It stops with at yourself. yourself. Yeah. And there's a high chance that given that the brains, we have the brains that we have, <laughs> our brains never stop at a positive thought. It leads into an another story. Because once, mm. once you, I think when you share a memory, for example, with somebody or a thought with somebody, they can build another thought with you. Yeah, on a positive spectrum. Right? If positive or negative, even if it's negative, you can handle it together better. Yeah. You feel better handling it. But negative alone often leads to worse outcomes. Mm. you get yeah. and also it, it, it could be that 
when, when, people, when people also re- reunite, right, um, it kind of violates their, what they expect. Mm. As you said, pressure on reuniting. Mm. Right. Some people also need me, some people will also need to um, adjust, you know, when you reunite. Because, you know, like, if you I, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know about you, but it's possible that for some, when you see your partner for the first time in maybe months, a year, you need to, like, adjust. <laughs> because, like, even though, like, like, even though you're very, very close online, texting, yeah, being with them is just not what is normal. So you kind of need to adjust a little bit. Like, even my girlfriend now had the same thing. Like, when, at the start, when we did it a lot earlier, she wouldn't need, like, one evening to adjust. <laughs> yeah. And at, at the start, I did not understand that. And I was like, what, Gwan, what's going on? Yeah. Like, this is not you. Yeah. This is not you, fam. This is not you. But for her, long distance, this, even, even if even this is not long distance, for her, this, 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 for her, this is long distance. <laughs> yeah. Even if for me, it's like, just, yeah, it's just like, it's just like, it's, 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 this is a GCR for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm giving my history. Yeah. But for her, this is long distance. Yeah. And, this was new to her, but for me, this was a step down from the extreme. Yeah. So she definitely had that adjustment phase, which is probably a lot more critical at the earlier phases than later phases. Yeah. And 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 this is why when people think about when you when you're retrospective by yourself without talking about it, mm. you can think about how oh well when I met them, what I what I had in my head was not what happened. Mm. The exactly. quality was not really great at yeah. the start. And then this can lead to distress because yeah. it stays in your head. If you yeah. speak about it, if you go from the intra to the inter, you can be like, oh, no, well, I'm just not used to it. That's, that's why it was like that. Mm. You know, it's not my thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, it's an interesting one because this is a part that I feel like I'm probably. So maybe my previous relationship, it was, you know, um, we were in the same school, but she lived in a different state. So every time there was like a break, obviously she she would oh, go, right, right. Yeah, she would go That's home. That's quite interesting, and, to be fair. Yeah. Um, and so I think when she would come back, um, there's probably like a bit of an adjustment period. But I think the, the thing about it is that this is why I said there's a lot of individual work that goes on in these things where it then eventually mm. takes two to tango. Like what happens during that separation is always quite important because for me. I, I feel like I've been very I've been a bit familiar with the that period of uncertainty or just relearning certain things or just the things that might be new. Because if this person has been away for one month, two months, three months, like there might be new things. Like yes, you're talking every day, but it's quite it can be very different. And I think because mm, I'm mm. I'm I see myself as a very like I think I be I was way better at communicating via text before I got better at doing it with person. So for me, ah, there, there was always that that like I had to work on those transitions myself, like in just life in general. So I think I've been able to pick lessons from that and just apply them mm. to a physical context where if the first day, like, like, yes, I imagine all the, oh, when I get here, I'm going to like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to imagine this and all of those things. But I almost always caution those thoughts where I only, I don't think of them consistently. Vivid imagination. <laughs> imagination. <laughs> but, um, 
I think my recent practice now is not to dwell on it as much and instead dwell on the things that are within my control in that moment. So yes, I might think about, oh, when I see you, um, I remember last time I saw, uh, last time we were together, we hugged for a while. So next time I'm going to see, I'm going to do that, all those things. Like, for, funny enough, I just got back from, from, from a trip, right? Spending time with, with, with my babe now. And I think I've spent, I don't think I've spent as much time thinking about like specific things that happened that I enjoyed. You get like mm. it was all packaged. I was just re- re- realizing recently that we did take a lot of pictures, but I haven't actually like flipped through them recently because I feel like there'll be a moment for that. But right now, I've entered this next phase of okay, we're now in another separating like separation period, and these are the key things that I'm focused on that I think will be positive, as opposed to that or looking back and feeling a bit sad, like okay, now I'm going to be, I'm just going to be, you know, I can't just, we just I can't just randomly pick something on TV and we just sit down and just watch random things or you know, those sorts of things. So I think the focus has now shifted to things that in this season are within our control and that we enjoy. And again, for me, I, I, th- I think of it as an adventure. Maybe this is just me, how I handle it. So for example, I mentioned running gags earlier. It's not even necessarily gags. It's just things that we've started to do that are quite interesting. So one, one, one recent one that just started is, is me reading to her, like very random. Because... And this, and this is because of certain things. So uh, she has locks as well. And um, she re, re, uh, retires her hair herself. And that can be a long process. So usually, you know, I think one or few times she'll be sitting down doing <laughs> So you're like a live, 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 live audio book. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but funny enough, like it's a story that. So, uh, with your own voice. <laughs> <laughs> so like it's a book that. So if I still. Hey, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a nice business. It's a nice app idea. Imagine you could change the, the, the voice of every book you love into the voice of your partner. Oh, your partner, I guess. But for me, I think... Nah, copyright that, that idea right now. AI <laughs> no, isn't stealing that idea. I'm no. writing it down. But, but I think top-notch. But I think what's, what's more important here is not just the... Like, the voice is important, but I think the, the effort is also something that influences the feeling of that in that way. But anyways, like, it's weird because she enjoys it, but... I actually, I enjoy reading. That's the thing. Like, it's a very interesting dynamics where it's not like tits for tat sort of thing that, okay, you, you're now reading to me tomorrow. It's like, I actually enjoy the process of reading uh, this thing to you and all of those right. things. Yeah. Um, which other things? Yeah. I, I think that's a recent one that has happened and different things pop up, you know, every time and all of those things. Now, Okay, I'll pause there and let you actually just dive in. Okay, well, I think I'm coming towards the end now because I think, um, as I said at the start, we can't cover all, but I think this framework is a good starting point mm. um, for all our LDR brothers and sisters out there. Um, and this last point re- relates to managing of certainty and uncertainty. Mm. And because partners in LDRs would always face, you know, there's always the ebb and flow. Mm. Of physical presence, right? And this can create uncertainties mm. in so many ways. Whether whether we're gonna whether we're gonna last forever, whether I can ever eventually move to this place, mm. what so many uncertainties, <laughs> right? But of course, we use communicating to kind of bridge those um, physical discontinuities of everyday relationships. Mm. So what I found in this section was a paper, which was kind of a good paper, I think, um, from a lady called Erin Saustein. And she looked at how people use making plans. Mm -hmm. So 
planning, plans making, whatever that word is, um, to manage certainty and uncertainty in LDRs. And she stumbled upon three main broad strategies that people use to manage certainty and uncertainty. And this was relating to planning as balance, which I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. planning as denial and planning as segmentation. Mm-hmm. So I'll go through them three. If you have any questions, let me know because I, I don't think I understood it completely, completely well. But I think I'll try and explain as much as I feel like I got. Mm-hmm. So essentially, LDR partners definitely want certainty around the relationships because of the gaps yeah. in F2F conversations. Makes sense. Now, you might then be asking me, how does planning, you know, help participate in any way and help manage certainty in, you know, in, our, in our LDRs? For some couples, they make plans as denial. Now, what does that really mean? Well, when you're separate from your partner, Maybe your partner is in Ghana, your partner is in Canada, your partner is in different state, whatever, right? You tend to, you can engage in planning talk, mm. right? That can help give you certainty about future face-to-face interaction, mm. right? So couples like this would often talk about how you would make plans explicitly to ensure that, first of all, one, when you meet together, in two weeks, in two months, in two years, hopefully not two years, <laughs> as in that, amen. Um, when we meet together in the future, that time will be satisfying. Mm. You also talk about, okay, well, when, when we meet, oh, we can't waste precious moments together, right? Mm. And partners in this category want to do different things, in quote, that outside the norm of your single lives. Mm. Because if you feel like your time together face-to-face is so precious that I don't want to waste any of it, mm. right? Even, not even have conflicts. Yeah. Right. But then this pressure or this strategy can come at a price. One consequence is that it can help, it can create ridiculous pressure. You can imagine your, your, your pot of beans, pressure pot, when it's about mm. to be ready and it's doing that sound. True, true, true. Similar to that. It can, make, can create a lot of pressure to define what time is quality mm. versus memorable. Mm. It can also like create the chance that your partners are disappointed when plans are not achieved, which is what you said earlier, yeah. right? Because the pressure. And for those who are having sex, it can create lots of pressure to plan for love sex. Mm. Because you are spending time apart. Right? So this strategy of, of trying to manage certainty by making plans. lots of plans and trying to make them rigorous mm. can have consequences. Mm. Now, number two is making plans as balance. And the idea here is, is, is that as opposed to trying to force certainty, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, okay, you know what? Let's just strike a balance, a compromise between both certainty and uncertainty, mm. right? Whereby we plan and talk, but then they don't have to have certain outcomes. Mm. For example, partners can say, well, we, we, have, we have certain topics that we need to discuss. Yep. Should, should, should we discuss it now on the phone or wait till we see each other? Mm. 
right? Now, at that point, I've not really said we're seeing each other next May. We're just saying whenever we see each other, we see each other. Yeah. Right. But this can also produce pressure on the couple. Because when they're together, they have to... Cross off all the... Exactly. Exactly. And it can also mean that if they don't plan well, in a way, the time together can produce conversations that are not finalized. Mm. That they don't have to then resolve again when you are apart. Yeah. Right? So, planning for a serious conversation works against plans for quality time and being like no more couples. Mm. And actually, you're, 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 it also kind of opposes what you call a more natural um, or less sure guaranteed certain rational talk. Mm. Right. So this one is kind of in the middle. And the final one, which I hope this makes sense to everybody listening, is what I said at the start about your example. Mm. Is when you plan as a form of segmentation, where a partner's work in the LDR, they work on their individual goals and and and, and other relationships where they're separated, but then they plan for focused couple time when they're together. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So these are ways people have been known. I guess there's also nuances in between each of them for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but I think given what you've said as well, you can tell that this something that we used to manage certainty of relationship going ahead yeah. across time. Yeah. By making plans. But then in what ways? What do you think? Mm. Um yeah, like None of what you said is like surprising or like I didn't understand anything you said. I think those things are clear. Um and in in different ways I feel like I've engaged in each of those practices in different ways, shapes and forms. Like both the segmentation or like planning or keeping certain conversations. Um, but not the maybe not the I think one thing I, I don't like pressure. I don't yeah. like intru- I don't like introducing pressure into situations where they don't have to be. So the whole thing of oh like let's not fight or let's not do anything. I don't I don't I that is, that's not a factor when thinking about closing the distance. Um but I do think something that we didn't speak about here or I think we talked about it lightly and I'll come back to this or it's still the same vein is also when the long distance gets introduced. Like I think there's a difference between um intentionally starting starting and knowing that there's going to be distance involved and then starting as a GCR and all of a sudden distance becomes like a factor because I think with the intentionality of stepping into a long distance knowing it's long distance it's going to be long distance you've kind of like I guess guess maybe I should caveat by saying this framework is mainly for those who know that at some point there will be they'll be in long distance, yeah. either at the start or at the very, very early phases. Mm. But it's, it's mm. not particularly for those who accidentally stumble find themselves. two yeah. years after they're together. Yeah. Although yeah. you might find things that you can pick from there, but... Exactly, just yeah. know it. Yeah, exactly. Because, um, obviously, like, one of the conversations um, I had with my girlfriend at the t- um, you know, when we were about to start was, um, okay, if we say we want to do this, like, what, what, what are our plans about the distance, right? Um, and I think what we what we said at the start was obviously being intentional. Whatever is like sched- within the schedule, within our schedule and within our finances to do in 
the beginning phases um you know we do, we commit we're committing to doing that right and then um you know we would then see where things i think we we did a we would see approach for committing with a time limit on okay well this one year or two years is the only period that we're allowed to be long distance but it's like the intention is for the distance to be closed but the interesting bit is that we also based on our own like long-term plans even before we came into each other's lives there was an element of we're going to be in multiple places so technically even i know it was part of the thoughts that made me start to readjust my thinking around long distance because before i was always like oh my two love languages are quality time and physical touch two things that <laughs> are kind of like you know dependent or factor heavily or get easier with physical presence and being in the same space so with long distance it's always a bit more difficult but i then realized that one of my other goals is to be able to live in certain places for periods of time at least in a certain period of my life to be able to say you know go somewhere for three months live there have like a home base but then be in multiple places so technically if that's something that i'm doing like do i was the intention to keep moving with the person that i'm with in that way like that sometimes is impractical right i have a job that allows me to do that what if the person has a more physical job what does that then mean now that doesn't mean i'm more willing to make sacrifices but the point of this is that we then both realize that with the parts that we've both chosen and what we both want there's actually going to be that element of distance at some point at our first or just because of situations so i think even this season is allowing us to build up like good practices and good experience with doing that so that when it then features or if it then features at some point, it's not a brand new experience. Um, and the final thing I'll just say is that I think, you know, we've not over-indexed on, <laughs> on the physical presence bit of things. Now, although communication is quite important because I think there was, a, there was a point maybe about, you know, three weeks, four weeks, thereabouts at the early stages where um, she was feeling a lot more like, it was a lot more, not intense, but there were questions about how she was feeling in that moment. But I think what was great about this was that we had a conversation. Like it was a, bruv, <laughs> this is how I'm feeling in this moment, right? And, you know, let's talk about it. And, and we talked about it. And I appreciated the fact that it wasn't something because this then back, goes back to what we were mentioning before is that sometimes if you then keep those thoughts to yourself without actually voicing them out in the presence of the person that is able to offer or the person that's in it with you, you might reach conclusions and resolutions that are not necessarily the case. Um, or you start thinking that, okay, I've had this conversation, let's start to see change. But you've not actually really had the conversation, so change doesn't really happen. And the other person is happy-go-lucky thinking that things are fine. Or they start to notice things are wrong, but because you've not said anything about it, they kind of like don't want to be the one that brings it up. So they're trying to self-adjust themselves. And maybe what they then start to do then leads to... Anyways, all of this is to say communication is key as everybody always says um and i think a word that that we both <laughs> now i'm sure she's going to find this episode and listen to it because it involves us so i'm also choosing my words <laughs> quite carefully but i think a word that we both use is like safe space right like knowing that the person that you're with and the conversations that you have and everything that you're feeling in the midst of that person is treated with safety right is treated with kindness regardless of what that thing is when things start to go wrong is when you're afraid to like be yourself and be your raw self in in that kind of environment and so you're kind of like editing and self-filtering now sometimes it's good for you to not just blot out everything that's inside your mind and to be considered but when that line becomes to get blurred where you're then 
yeah, you're not even you're not showing your true self for them to be able to react to and for you to be able to respond to. It then creates other issues down the line. Now, I'm not perfect at this. I feel like it's still a process and journey that I'm on, but these are just the tidbits that over the last three and a half, four months have featured and been helpful and have taken away some pressures and anxieties and all of those pieces. But yeah. Now, I've, de- I've definitely learned a lot from what you've said, for sure. Um, so that's been very good. I'm sure people have learned from that as well. Yeah. I think this topic is can be covered in this episode. It can be completely covered. There's a lot to talk about that we've not talk- spoken about yet. Mm. Um, talking about age factor of age, 21-year-old versus a 28-year-old. <laughs> Remember um, locational differences um mm, the context of the locations as context well of lo- mm. there is that um so this is probably what we call starting points if you guys love this and you want us to perhaps explore this further down the line into a much more detailed part two framework let us know if this was useful let us know but if you, if you listen so far as well thank you for listening um i'm going to end it here to be honest i'm not going to extend this episode beyond this mm. um the points have been made, the, the, the chat has been had, lessons have been received by myself anyway, and I hope I hope that's been the same for you guys listening. And we'd love to hear what you feel about this episode in the comments. But yeah, we are back, comments. and uh, I see all the comments everyone leaves behind. I see them, I see them, <laughs> I see them, and thank you for the comments as always. Catch you again next week or in two weeks, whichever. And yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah see you again soon. All right, guys, um, Cheerios, um, goodbye and farewell. Hi there. And we're quite sure that the podcast landscape on your device is massive. And yet you found us and you chose to indulge in our long-form, complex, sense-making dialogues. And for that, we applaud you. But more importantly, we say a big, massive thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, if it made you smile, think, debate, or even disagree, Please show some support. You can do that in five simple ways. Number one, give us a great rating and review and subscribe or follow the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Number two, leave a comment, let us hear you, but more importantly, let our community hear you as well. Number three, share this episode with somebody new, somebody you thought about when you were listening, someone you think would enjoy it. Number four, if you're active on social media, connect, connect, connect. It's pod on Instagram slash threads and yellowpeel underscore pod on twitter five and finally you can join our patreon community down link below once again thank you for taking yellow peel with us today it's wally your co-host next to me is toby and we should the very best in the coming hours days weeks and months but we'll see you again soon till next time peace and love people peace and love